This is People Like Us, a show about Alt-MBA alumni. Here's Heather Coven from Alt-MBA 19. So Heather, I want to start in a in an odd place. Uh, I heard that you have you have a group called Drinkers with a Running Problem. Can you tell me what that group is about? So technically, the group is called the Hash House Harriers, and um, hash is not referring to marijuana because I live in Oregon, and so everybody <laughs> thinks that because we've legalized it here. Um, think about corned beef hash, something like that. It was uh, named after um, the place where the drinkers with the running problem used to um, used to meet. And so you can Google that if you want to get the history of it, but it was started ages ago in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Uh, but what it's morphed to is all over the world, there are these um, drinkers with running problem and some drink more, some run more, but it's uh, one of the... Uh, you know, as we get older, we stop playing and we go to the gym for exercise and that's bullshit. Can I curse on this podcast? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, play and fun, um, and flirting and trickery and all those good kinds of things are important. And, um, and are, especially for me, I operate hugely on my sense of humor, just wonderful. And so this is a group of people where Somebody volunteers to set a trail and they set it with a uh, flower, with baking flour, and you try to catch them and they'll try to slow you down along the way. Um, so some of the marks, they leave little dollops of flour and you try to fo- follow them. If you find an X, who knows which way it goes and you've got to search around to figure out which way it goes. So it's like a little scavenger hunt. And in order to not get caught, you, it's, a, it's a play on, the, uh, on an English game called Hares and Hounds. So the hare is setting the trail as hounds are chasing after the hare. So the hair will set beer that you have to finish before you can move on. And so there's the drinking club piece. And then when we get to the end, we call each other out for the uh, honorable things we did and for the criminal things we did and the punishment and the reward are the same thing, beer. So, um, so it's just a really irreverent group of people. It's a great way to get a workout. Uh, it's a great way to earn your beer. And, um, and it's just... Some of the people get really part of the subculture is to get really creative with your trails. So, um, and sometimes there are themes. So, I just did the pirate run this last Sunday and showed up in my pirate costume. I blacked out one of my teeth, which is really a good look for me, let me tell you. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, <laughs> and we had to do a river crossing. So, we swam, we mostly waded, it wasn't that deep. And I've taken people over log crossings and up mountains and everybody ends up with poison oak at some point and stung by ground hornets. But part of the culture is to get out somewhere where you've never been and go places you'd never go. I've gone under freeways before and I've gone through sewers, which is disgusting. Um, And so it just is, it's an adventure and it's not an adventure unless there's a chance of it going horribly, horribly wrong. And it has done so. Many times I have um, been in many interesting places and had conversations with many cops and homeowners and we don't often trespass, but sometimes we accidentally do when you're out in the boonies and you're not quite sure where you are. Something I really have really respected about you is you are self-taught and, and you embrace that and you do have very strong opinions where other people would not. The posture often shows up there of like, oh, well. I didn't go to school for this. Well, um, at this point, I'm not a fan of formal education, and I think that society has a huge bias. I mean, I can I have a counseling degree, and I've been counseled for ten years. 
So if you want to sit down and talk about a treatment plan for your depression, and I'd probably do okay with that. Depression hasn't changed all that much, but I certainly couldn't talk to you about your medication and the side effects and, and all this stuff, right? Like, do you want to go to the physician who has an MD and who has sat on his thumbs for 30 years while medicine has changed with a half-life of like three minutes? Hell no. What have you done since you got your degree? I sat in my master's program that I was paying like, I think I did the math and it was like $150 an hour in the class or some ridiculous amount of money. And I had a teacher teaching um, statistics and he was reading off of his handwritten notes that were 15 years old and he bragged about it. And I'm sitting there going, seriously, like seriously, I'm paying money for this. And I understand that statistics hasn't changed. Math is math at the level we're learning it at. That's fine. Uh, technology has changed. Delivery has changed. Uh, knowledge around how people learn and how people retain information, how you, how cramming is all about short-term memory and recall and how you need repetition and retrieval and, and frequent testing to get things into long-term memory. Like that's changed. Teaching has changed and your tools have changed and you've done nothing. I can't even, I cannot even believe I'm paying you money. So I think once you become invested in your own education, it takes on it's a whole new meaning. Um, but then there's the other side of it. When you're a kid in school and you just assume adults know more and we reinforce that, I think that you get trapped and you get the kid who's great with their hands, who doesn't have a shop class to go to anymore thinking they're stupid. And then the kid, I was the kid who was like, oh, language and visual education, I must be smart. you know. And then I get out into the real world and I'm like, you don't even have to be smart to function in the real world. You just have to show up on time and get along with people and you get promotions. That was all that's that's how I got promoted the first kind of levels of my career was just being nice and showing up and listening and you know, it just was it was kind of ridiculous. And so I think that the system having failed me in a lot of different ways and and I was always a little hyper analytical and I always wanted to know why. And so I kind of just pieced it together. I liked puzzles and problems and whatever. So why isn't this working? And so just just kind of the systems failing you and having that analytical side that says, I can figure out why this isn't working and how do I make it work? I want to succeed and I'm ambitious and driven. So I have to figure out how it works in order to figure out how I work within the system or how I can function within the system and get what I want. So... So it sounds like you've, you'd gone on this journey of self-discovery when, I guess, traditional education had, had let you down. Um, how did Alt-MBA enter the picture? Well, professionally, I went and jumped through all the should hoops. I got my college degree and I got my master's degree and I got promoted and worked for reputable people and all those good things. And I just really became empowered by what I was learning and what I was doing. And as I gained competency, I just would push for what I wanted. Uh, and I learned what to do before I learned how to do it. Uh, politics at, in the workplace. And so I made some mistakes there and luckily they weren't huge ones, but I started to get a little more sophisticated with that combination of what you're doing and how you're doing it. Uh, and I was lucky to already be in a really good place of why when I was working as a counselor. Um, 
but I began to realize that I was intimidating some of my supervisors and I was going to this place for, you're supposed to know more than me and you're supposed to be able to guide me. Why are you asking me and why am I intimidating you? What's going on here? And it wasn't all of them or anything like that, but I had a couple of experiences where I was like, oh crap, you're intimidated by me and you're starting to ask me things. This is backwards. I need to be learning from you. And so I realized you can't always learn from your supervisor. You can learn from anyone. But I was trying to put these supervisors in a place of mentorship for me. And they didn't have the skills or the willingness or the you know interest in doing that. I started running into a lot of people putting in the time, not being really engaged and invested in the work. I show up here for 40 hours and I get done whatever I get done. Or I checked all the boxes. I don't know if there's a better way to check boxes or to check them faster. I'm here to check boxes, not to do anything more. And so I was engaging in my work in a, in a way that a lot of other people weren't. I had some fantastic, fantastic coworkers along the way who were really great, but it just became this thing where I'm learning more from experience than I ever learned from formal education. And who I'm learning from and who I'm around is so much more important. So I really was in a great place when I was counselor, but then uh, my marriage started falling apart And I could no longer do the emotional labor of what ended up being getting divorced, but it took about four years. So working on a marriage and then letting it go. I could not do that emotional labor and do the emotional labor of being a mental health counselor at the same time. So I ended up taking a little bit of time off and then taking a telecommuting job um, that I got through nepotism because (laughs) my stepmother said that uh, this company needed somebody who knew how to use the computer. And I'm like, dude, I'm a counselor. I don't know how to use the computer. And she's like, Trust me, it's a bunch of old people. They can like they don't even, they have flip phones. You're fine. You know how to use a computer. And so I ended up in a in a small business situation. And as I got to know the small business, I realized that uh, what they needed was somebody who knew marketing. And I didn't know anything about marketing, and so I started googling it. And that ended up being really fortunate. I ran into Seth really early on and read Permission Marketing. Ages ago. So it was probably 10 years ago, and permission marketing was probably eight or 10 years old at that time, but it was still relevant because Seth just has such beautiful insight um, and empathy and a really wonderful way to communicate and was at the forefront. So Seth was my first kind of marketing exposure and has maintained that status as my marketing guru. And he was still writing about tactics back then. And so I was just picking up all of those things. But I also entered this space of um, kind of IT and marketing where failure was a very... Failure was approved. Failure is how you do it. And it was so nice to come into an industry to open a door to something where you start with failure being how you learn. So I never really got... I have never screwed something up and been all that upset about it, which has been just fantastic. So I've self-taught through marketing, through kind of pretty much digital inbound marketing... Seth holding my hand along the way. Seth then starts moving into this linchpin kind of area. And I'm like, I don't need a pep talk. I'm already that pushy person who wants to do it. I have a hard time with kind of completing and executing. So uh, I came to Alt MBA a little bit late because I wasn't following Seth as closely. Um, But once I saw what it was, already disillusioned with um, conventional education, uh, the format was perfect. And I actually came to the Alt MBA wanting the alumni group, not the Alt-MBA experience. Like Alt-MBA experience was fantastic, but, um, but it wasn't what drew me to it. I signed up once I read about the alumni community. I'm like, uh, I need to get there. And if I have to go through the Alt-MBA to do it, I mean, that's just going to make me a better 
person and a better professional all the way around to get there. And what leaps have you been taking after or post Alt-MBA? So I, right now I've been like three accountability groups, which as I mentioned, was really what I wanted. I'm keeping myself just to three. <laughs> I'm interested in joining a few more, but I really like that. So my biggest problem is I, I feel like here's my imposter syndrome, right? Like everybody thinks I'm a linchpin in my profession because nobody really knows what I do. And I know a lot, but I never quite get to that finish line or I do, but it's, you know, half as much or twice as long or something like that. But they don't even understand the words coming out of my mouth. So they're like, you're fantastic. And I'm like, not really. <laughs> like I'm moving and that's good, but I'm not hitting that finish line. So there's where those accountability groups and that support, um, why I wanted those accountability groups. So the number one thing that I'm doing right now that I think um, is really helpful, I'm working on realistic timeframes for goal setting. Uh, which probably everybody else learned early on. But when you're self-taught, you come up with these incredible holes of information. Like I can talk till the cows come home about certain inbound digital marketing things, but this goal setting thing, especially as being a counselor, it's, it's a little bit embarrassing. <laughs> but emotional emotional labor goals are so different. I have lots of experience there. It's taking these cut and dry tasks and plans. I can build the plan. And I'm like, sure, I can do that in half day. And three weeks later, I'm through like task three. So understanding how to pace myself and what that looks like and how to be realistic in my goal setting is like the number one thing, which is not fancy. I opened an Airbnb. I want to open a second one on, uh, at my house. And so I mostly am doing that for um, income so that I don't have to stay at my day job or I can create some flexibility in my day job and maybe look into uh, being a contractor instead because really what I want to do um, is to travel um, and to spend, I want a longer weekend and a shorter work week. And so I'm kind of working towards that. And with my free time, I'd like to spend more time. I'm a, a member of Rotary here in Eugene, where I live in Eugene, Oregon. And I would like to put some of my marketing skills towards charitable work rather than for-profit work. So, um, I just don't have the space for that at this time. And so I'd like to kind of push and move into that direction. It sounds like you're really embedded in the alt MBA community, it's it's what you joined alt MBA for. One of the goals of the show is to help alumni connect with one another. So, how would you fill in the blank? Reach out if blank. Um, reach out if you want a resource for inbound digital marketing. I've read all the articles that there are to read. Um, I'm happy. I really enjoy the feedback process. I'm happy to uh, participate in that. And I will probably ask you to return the favor um, because I find that process to be so rewarding, both giving and receiving. Um, I have the mental health background. I am not in a place to provide counseling like, you know, in that way. But in terms of empathy, I'm really good with developing personas and understanding what the customer is thinking and feeling and that kind of thing. So I could probably help uh, along some of those lines. Um, and I think, um, I don't know, uh, if you want to share a cocktail, even over Zoom, <laughs> I'm happy to do that as well. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes for ways to contact Heather.